three. You know what makes women stupid is college. Jesus was not a bartender. Hi, man. Two. You have lost your mind. Long-tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Puts on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. We're your hosts doing a real episode this week. It's not a sermon, it's a real episode. What? It's Brian Sermons Edwards. are not podcasts. <laughs> hey man, it's Brian Edwards, Nathan Cravat, Matt Dudley, I'm JC Groves. Welcome to the RFP. Guys, it's kind of been a crazy week. Have y'all run out of gas? Did you go out and fill gas up in your plastic bags and your coolers? <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? I did see this uh, image of this woman putting gas in an open Rubbermaid container to put into the back of her hatchback. It is oh, true. You, you didn't see the video of the of the lady that was putting gas into like a Walmart plastic bag, oh, and then it man. started. She started to carry it to her car, and it it, it started spilling, so she double bagged it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, we, we, we've officially hit rock bottom with humanity when the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission says, do not fill plastic bags with gasoline. Oh, man. It is 2021. We're supposed to have flying cars right now, and we got people yeah. putting gasoline in plastic bags. Well, speaking of gas prices, Brian Townsend said in 2008, gas prices soared to four dollars a gallon he's always been an anti-establishment so he purchased a moped for one thousand dollars they shipped it via fedex to him one week later he tried to outrun the police cruiser because he wasn't wearing a helmet i was issued a cit healthy citation and pawned the moped a day later he said who knows what will happen in 2021 what a time to be alive <laughs> well you, you see know Brian jc on a moped <laughs> no but you know what all this proves that evolution is not true. That's right. <laughs> because if evolution were true, man, we would be beyond this. It is true. I, I like what Clay Maynard said. He said, hey, if there's a shortage, doesn't that mean we should buy less stuff so there's enough to go around? Let's, that is true. Let's just stop and think about that for a minute. All the people that are rushing and, and uh, running the gas stations and filling up super large, lots of tanks and, and other things like that, just... Come on, people. It's the toilet paper people, though. It's mm, the same yeah. people that rushed out and oh, bought yeah. all the toilet paper. We had a lady um, here in Danville. Her dad, who was an elderly man, you know, they were letting them in Sam's Club extra early, you know, because they were taking care of the senior citizens. He had between four and 500 rolls of toilet paper in his basement. <laughs> and And so... What I have to question is, what was he expecting to happen? And <laughs> if you get that tore up, is four or five hundred rolls of toilet paper really going to do you any good? And I mean, that's now, serious stuff right there. Now, let's be honest, Dudley, you're just coming off the Rona since the last time we talked to you. When I had COVID, one of the symptoms of COVID was, was something that... Needing could, extra toilet need, paper. Needing extra toilet paper. Was that one of your yeah. symptoms? Was that, a, was that a bad symptom? Uh, man, not too bad. Dude, I lost 15 pounds in 11 days. That's how bad that symptom was. So I could understand 
If that's where it's hitting you, and yes, we are talking about this because this is an episode, not a sermon. And we're <laughs> Speaking of that, how are you feeling, Matt? How's your boy feeling? <clears throat> Man, I feel a little better one day, and then today I've been run down. I just can't breathe, you know? Yeah. My wife says it's all the, c- the cigarettes that I smoke. So, <laughs> yeah. I should qualify that that's a joke, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should. They'll you know what I'll be preaching on hey, cigarettes next week. Yeah, that's right. Matt, I, I don't know if you saw this, Matt, but while you were in quarantine, Chick-fil-A is running out of Chick-fil-A sauce. Oh, wow. Did y'all see that? Not only is there a gas shortage, that's fine. We're in a Chick-fil-A sauce shortage. Wow. Can't say my S's. That, I, <laughs> I don't want to live in a world that doesn't have Chick-fil-A sauce. I mean, guys, it's, it's time for the rapture. Let's is go. This, <laughs> is this the tribulation? Brian, aren't you mid-trib? <laughs> Is this the, we are, yeah. going are we the are we in the first three and a half years? What's well, going on? Well, here 2020 was tribulation, and now that we're without Chick Fil A sauce, we've officially entered great tribulation. But the vials great, are being poured and, out. And and by the way, Matt, we all knew that that you smoking that was a joke. We all know you dip. You you know you you don't even look like a guy who would smoke. But if you had a skull ring in your in in your back pocket, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. I could see him with the Virginia Slims in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, in, in many, other news. I, I wonder who else stole those from their grandma when they were kids. Yeah. In other news, they said today that if you're fully vaccinated, listen, I don't care if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated. It's not my – we're not going to get it on that. But if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. So wow. my question is, are, but if you're not vaccinated, you still have to wear your mask. So are they worried that unvaccinated people are going to give vaccinated people COVID? Huh. Well, and I heard the other day, JC, somebody said, if your vaccine really works, then I don't need mine. <laughs> That's true. It just feels, <laughs> I don't know. There's so much going hey, around right one now. One thing's for sure. We don't have to worry about all the IFB people preaching against anti-vaxxers because they all are. So they can't, they, yeah. they'll actually like us for this little segment. They, they, all, they all identify as vaccinated. <laughs> what are we talking well. about? We have talked about Chick-fil-A sauce, gasoline, and vaccinations. What is this? And uh, hey, everybody, by the way, JC tonight is especially hyper. He started working out. He started losing weight. And so the hyper ADHD JC tonight is like, have you guys already noticed this? It's like next level. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, JC, you should interview yourself tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I took pre-workout for the first time in years, but I took it at like 930 at night last night. I woke up Uh, at 450 this morning going, Kim, this pre-workout is amazing. Kim, you got to try this. Kim, are you still asleep? Kim, let's get up and run. Kim, she goes, (laughs) shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So we have this Facebook group called the Fit for 40 Challenge that I've started. Man, there's about 170 of us, 180 of us on there. And it's awesome. It's folks that are holding each other accountable you know about five or six episodes ago i asked y'all to hold me accountable which you haven't done uh but this group has done it and it's been great we've been working out posting on there josh ball um i don't know if y'all have seen josh ball of the ball brothers 
Dude, yeah. his his transformation is incredible. That that boy was. Uh, I remember him playing softball at Jack Maddox and Ringgold, and then I saw him again. And I was like, he's half of himself. And I mean, yeah. he has. So he added the group the other night, and he's posting workouts on there. We are not selling any multi marketing level campaign. We're not doing any of that stuff. It's just folks holding <laughs> each other accountable and eating healthy. And that's that's what we've been doing. Y'all ever heard of intermittent fasting? Yep. Yes. That's kind of what we're doing. Yeah. So Never tried it yet. Hey, Brian, Matt, why don't we start a group called Still Out of Shape and Over 40? I'm down. Ooh. Mm. I could actually lead a group like that. <laughs> I, think I, I think we could do that. I'm gonna I, was just like, I, had somebody, I had somebody recently ask me uh, if I was hungry and did I want to go eat. And I said, since when is being hungry had anything to do with eating? Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't get the connection. <laughs> I tell you what's been cool, though, is working here at Connection Church, everybody on staff works out. And I started working out, and I started looking around. They're all going at lunch to work out, and I'm like, man, I'm the fattest dude on staff. This ain't happening no more. And so I joined the planet, joined the planet Weakness, as some like to say, but $10 a month and $20 if you want to. Shout out Planet Fitness, sponsor ad. Um, 20 bucks a month, you can tan, so if you can't tone it, tan it. <laughs> hey speaking of sponsor we want to thank miss mccribbin she is sending us a refill of everything Hallelujah. guys i talked to her today the coastal soap my favorite one the blue and white she is sending us a ton of that and she's going to be sending us a bunch of giveaways for our meetup so we want to thank miss mccribbin from free life soap so go to recoveringfundamentalist.org click on the free life soap tab and use your promo code rfp get 20% off of your order. She's also going to be sending us a bunch of free life soap, beard oil, uh, solid cologne soap for our meetups that we've got coming up. Sweet. Many of you have been signing up. We've got one coming up in just a few weeks. I am fired up for this one on June the 4th uh, right here in Statesboro, Georgia. And for those of you that have signed up, we, we just want to let you know of a little change that's happening. We, we've kind of double booked here at the location we're going to be doing. And today, Andrew Wiggins, who many of y'all saw Andrew, he posted that Garth Brooks remake of Friends in Low Places. The Wiggins, they are recovering fundamentalists and the Van Gillers. Uh, they have a location. It's the TMT Farms, and uh, it's down in uh, – just south of Statesboro, man, this place is going to be awesome. We've got a dining hall to hang out in. We've got the food catered in. There is a chapel. It's called the Church in the Wildwood that we're going to be able to go in there. We're going to have a hymn sing. We're going to have a speaker, a speaking in tongue session, a healing session. Man, it's going to be awesome. Um, that's coming up on June the 4th. And then Bourbon, Missouri, we're heading up to the, what is Missouri? Show Me State? Yeah, buddy. No. Yeah. yeah, we're heading up to the Show Me State up in Missouri, Bourbon, Missouri, with Matt Dudley and crew. Man, I am I'm so excited to get up there. That is three days hanging out with everybody in Bourbon, yeah. Missouri, and uh, we have no idea what we're doing at either one of these meetups yet. But I'm just looking forward to hanging out with my friends. The thing we need to mention about the June Fourth in Statesboro is we have a limited number of people that can attend. You're so, right. We're setting that number at 100 people. That That's is it. max for the chapel, for the dining room, 100 people. And I think we're already over 30-something people. So, guys, we yeah. if you're planning on being there, it's a free event. But we need you to sign up. We need to know who's going to be there. And once it goes over that cap, 
we just don't have any room yeah. for, for people to be there. So please sign up. And the one here in Statesboro is a free event. Um, lodging is on you. Justin Knight has put on recoveringfundamentalist.org. He has put everything you need uh, to see on there. Uh, for lodging. Uh, there's the Holiday Inn. There's the Hampton Inn. He's got those rooms that are blocked off there so you can find your lodging. And, uh, man, come hang out with us. Just, it would be an incredible time. And I, I saw some folks this week on Twitter, guys, that are like, can people that aren't fans of the podcast come and hang out at the meetup? Sure, I guess, if you want to. I'd, well, that yeah. <laughs> guy would probably come to the Missouri meetup. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yep. it's kind of like us showing up at the Sword of the Lord conference. I mean, it'd be like a fart yep. in the Vatican, but I mean, hey, it's worth it. So. <laughs> well, uh, let's be hey, let's be honest though. He would be far more welcome here than we would be at an IFP oh, conference. Hundred percent, absolutely, no yeah. doubt. One hundred percent. He would be welcome to come. It's just one of those things, yeah. like, dude, you know, we're not meeting up to have a debate. It's a hangout. But if you want to hang out and see that these are you know real people and they're not all just a bunch of loose lip limp-wristed compromising liberals come on yeah. come know? on come so, on and come and on. that's what we're doing like people are saying that we're just we're rock stars we're just trying to grow a fan base or get rich off this i mean we're not making money off the meetups let's just be honest with that <laughs> this is really an opportunity to meet our friends who are on social mm -hmm. media who are part of this community this ministry as craig edwards very well spoke this week on facebook of of just the effect that the podcast has had in people's life. Man, we, we just want to see you. We want to put a face to the social media profile picture and, and see your stories and hear them in person. And thank God COVID's gone away because we all have the vaccine. And we don't have to look at each other on Zoom, right? We can do it in person. So come be yep. with us at the meetups in Statesboro, Georgia on June 4th. And then in Bourbon, Missouri, August 26th, 27th, 28th. Well, JC, you know, the meetups and everything that's happening sounds really exciting. But then there's also some really exciting news with the upcoming episodes because yeah. we're going to tackle some of those issues that people just don't talk about. You know, we had a conversation this past week as a church staff, the things that we're actually going to have to start talking about that the church historically hasn't talked about because now it's front and center. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to be talking about dress. We're going to be talking about alcohol. We're going to be talking about music. We've got great guests coming on. We're going to be offering a lot of insight into that. And for those of you who think, you know, we're just going to get on and uh, maybe start selling the RFP new moonshine brand or something like Come that. Come on. Uh, <laughs> you need to listen to the episode because I think you're going to be surprised at the weight that we're going to bring to these subjects. And uh, I'm really looking forward, guys. I think sometimes we need to swim in the deep end of the pool, and I think mm -hmm. we're willing to do that, and I'm looking forward to it. And I think that that's going to be a two two part episode where we're going to talk about our stance, kind of how we got there. But then the second part of that, there's a couple guys uh, that have a podcast called Beer and Bible, and we're going to bring them on. They started this podcast disguising their voice, kind of how IFB Preacher Clips did when we interviewed him, because they both worked at a church, um, and now they're they're not working at a church and they're using their real voices now. And they got some really good content, but they drink beer and talk about the Bible. And so I'm excited to bring them on and talk about their stance and how they got there also. They drink what? Beer. <laughs> Welch's grape juice. And then, JC, not only are we going to be interviewing those guys, but we're going to be tackling a subject that, let's just be honest, a lot of pastors need to be addressed 
with regard to this subject. We're going to be talking about porn with Billy Mills. And that's going to be a powerful episode. A little while back, I read the statistics regarding the number of pastors who regularly view pornography. And then also, I don't know if you guys heard about this or not, but uh, a big, huge church denomination had their big national conference. And um, it was reported that after that conference was over, that in-room pornography purchases through television channels apparently that you can access from the hotel room the the amount of money that was spent on that was absolutely astronomical and Mm. so i think Mm. this is a subject that needs to be talked about and historically the church shies away from these things i don't know why but these are things we need to confront and here at the old rfp um we're just going to jump in the wood chipper and see what happens and billy mills is actually an incredible guy billy got busted uh, and it almost ruined his ministry, his family. Uh, he started a ministry called Proverbs Triple X Club right now. And he said, man, I just want to reach guys that are, you know, not waiting to get busted before they get help. Um, hmm. I want, it, it's, it's a problem that affects all of us. We're all one decision away from stupid. And this yeah. is going to be an opportunity for us just to talk openly and honestly and not end up a statistic. Let's be real. Yeah. Well, because of our staff having the conversation that I talked about this past week right now, the pornography is growing most rapidly among teenage girls and young women. It's true. And that's having a huge effect on the way they're living their lives and the way Mm. they're, they're failing in the area of purity and the way they're allowing themselves to be used by, by young guys. So this is a biblical subject. I mean, it's affecting their identity. It affects everybody's identity because you're it, talk about trying to meet an expectation. You can't, you know. Mm. It's definitely a big one. That's going to be a great subject. Then we're going to jump in to one that I'm really looking forward to: worship. Uh, we hear it all the time on these IFB preacher clips. These guys doing the Seven Eleven songs, and you got Tony <laughs> out there singing. Uh, you know, I saw the light. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> hey Dudley, didn't you sing this recently? I wondered so aimless, life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. Then Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside praise the lord i saw the light that's a good song though come on man yes it is yeah not hank, not the hank. not the verse that cody zorn wrote oh, about dude. women even if you're right keep your mouth shut that, that's, oh that's, my gosh it's not good there and so we're gonna be talking about worship and why we do music the way we do it we got some special guests that are coming on with us on that episode brian you want to tell us about them yeah chris mcclarney is going to be with us and uh, that interview will be amazing. It'll be hilarious. Uh, you can't hang out with that guy and literally not cry, laughing, and 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 maybe even even wet your britches a little bit because he <laughs> is hilarious, man, hilarious. And not just him. We're gonna have two other worship leaders with us. We're gonna have the worship leader there from Hope Church in Danville. Uh, your daughter, Kelsey Bolton, and then the worship pastor from Connection Music here at Connection Church, Chase Buchanan. I'm fired up about that. 
uh, episode as we talk about worship and what goes on behind writing the music and delivering the music. It's going to be a great episode. You guys should have my banjo player on there for that episode. Hey, I, I listened to him when I was editing your sermon, dude. He is incredible. Yes. Uh, CP wants to move to South Carolina. Nope. I'm hey, was he the guy on the keyboard? I'm not even going to let him listen to this episode now. <laughs> was he the guy on the keyboard at the end of your message? No, no, that's Blake Which Beckett. One? Man, that boy could flat sing. Yeah, yeah. I left yeah, that song in for a reason, man. I that's wanted so to get good. saved all over again after that. Well, was that on there? I didn't <laughs> listen to it. Yeah, it was. It was good. I can't. I can't stand to hear my own voice. <laughs> so. Well, guys, all those episodes sound incredible. I'm looking forward to recording those, being a part of them. But I'm really excited about tonight. We've got Matt Dudley, the man, the myth, the legend, back on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast for the third oh, yeah. week in a row. Let's come go. on now. You're what? you're practically Matt, a host now. I'm How you doing, dude? I'm I'm good. <laughs> well, we appreciate you suffering for Jesus and coming back on the RFP. You know what's happening, right? Uh, you're being punished it for coming the... on the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast, and uh, mm, and you need to repent in sackcloth and ashes. I, I already have. <laughs> I was actually I was coming down with it the last time we recorded, and I thought it was just you know allergies and sinus infection and. And then I, so that was Thursday night. Then I preached the following Sunday in our first service, and I shouldn't have. Number one, I shouldn't have been at church. But um, yeah, after the first service, I told our admin pastor, Mike, I said, dude, I, I can't. I got to go. And so I, I bounced out and went home, went to bed, and I was sicker than sick, boy. Mm. So, but I thought I had a sinus infection until I lost my sense of taste and smell and took a covid test and that's what it was and it's uh man it's no joke boy i'm gonna tell you so well you hinted the last time we had you on here live about taking the gloves off so let's let's jump right into this episode, i'm gonna take man. the gloves we, off tonight boys <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about <laughs> oh i'm excited to be back with dr edwards there it is. I'm always man, I, excited to be with the doc. Hey, I've told you that title is forbidden, man. Nope. I was, I was given that honorary doctorate, and um, and it's been in a drawer. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm not going to go by that title. By the Did way, you guys see where Eric Skorzynski went after John Hamblin today on Facebook and Twitter? He no. said anybody that goes around and brags about being a doctor having a phd and and wants to be called doctor he said they ought to be able to write better than this man oh. they he he oh, roasted yeah. him he said he writes at about below a fourth grade level in the punctuation and everything his, in that man he just he went after him his today. post let's be honest made absolutely no sense whatsoever none well let, let me just say this real quickly and i'm still trying to figure out he what keep, it means he keeps deleting my comment yeah, let me just say this real quickly. I have several friends who are doctors. We have several doctors here at uh, Hope, and they we have surgeons and uh, just different types of doctors. I never hear them refer to themselves as doctor and then their name. So John Hamblin only has honorary doctorates, not even a real doctorate, and he constantly refers to himself as Dr. Hamblin. I've never seen anybody 
so proud of something that means nothing in all of my life. His wife refers to him as Dr. Hamlin. <laughs> Are you talking about Mrs. Hamlin? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, sir, Doc. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, Matt, hey. we've hist- we've historically been friends, but I can burn that bridge. <laughs> hey, it's it's Doc or Papa, whichever you prefer, buddy. I just prefer Brian. Okay, Papa. <laughs> I was listening to the Four Freedom podcast, and they give out honorary doctorates on their podcast. Oh man, oh, we that's great. I want, that. I want one. I want one. one to be. I've we can arrange that. Doctor. We could. We need to do some ceremonies. We should do RFP, RFP online Bible college. No, RFP <laughs> online Bible college. Yes. Yep. Well, Let's all we it. need to do is all we need to do is have a couple of Sunday school rooms in a church basement, and uh, we can start a Bible college, <laughs> and we can just we, award we need to people buy an old dot matrix <laughs> printer, or we can print out. Get a flannel graph where Jesus is also Zacchaeus, who's also Judah, and when he walks, his upper body doesn't move. Where did that even come from? It's on. No Boy, that new, hey, that new it. pre-workout is amazing. <laughs> so, Matt, now that you're back this week, I know the last time we talked, we had talked about you know, kind of taking the gloves off. And, and I think by that what we mean is we're no longer fundamentalists and we know why. So why did you leave fundamentalism? And now why would you be willing to take the gloves off and get in the ring with regard to fundamentalism as it currently exists okay i'm not going to mention this preacher's name but you've had him on the rfp for two episodes and he took the gloves off both times and um (laughs) they were our greatest episodes yet (laughs) but here's what he sent me in regard to last week or the previous previous uh when we actually recorded and did a did a real podcast guys um (laughs) yeah real one not a sermon that's right that sermon, yeah. Anyway, he said, listen to RFP. You were too kind to the freaking controlling cultish bums that tried to ruin you. Much love. <laughs> <laughs> man, oh, that's man. hilarious. Yeah. You know, the thing is, though, I've, I've been bitter. Obviously, I shared uh, a good portion of that story. And uh, I'm just beyond the bitterness part of it. I don't mind speaking truth, but dang, I'm just not going back to that to that segment of my life where, Mm. you know, it ate me up. I'm past it, you know, serving God and, and, uh, just happy to be where we're at. Matt, what was it that if there was a defining moment or a thought or something that happened, what was it that got you to where you said, I'm, I'm leaving the IFB. I'm, I'm coming out. I'm walking away from this traditional background. Was there a moment? No, I mean, there there was not a, no, to answer your question, there was not a defining moment. It was death by a thousand cuts. You know, it was just, it was this here and that. And of course there were issues that were bigger. I shared some of that last week. Um, yeah. But it, it was just, you know, I don't know. It was little stuff like, you know, back in those days, if you, if you called me a compromiser, you might as well cuss my mom, you know, to use yeah. the word compromiser mm-hmm. in a, to call a guy that, you know, but then I got to thinking, I thought, you know, what does that even mean? Compromiser, right? Would we all agree that was a cuss word in fundamentalism? Oh, oh yeah. Still, still oh, yeah. is. Um, and then it dawned on me one day, and, you know, obviously this is going to raise some eyebrows, but, but Jesus 
was a compromiser. Jesus compromised his rights when he left the perfection of heaven to come to a sin cursed mm-hmm. world. He compromised his royalty when he washed the disciples' feet. He compromised his reputation by sitting with sinners, meeting with the woman at the mm-hmm. well. You can go on and on and on, mm-hmm. and that was alliterated for your pleasure, by the way. Hey, but I on. mean, but in reality, Jesus compromised. Mean, think about Isaiah one eighteen. God says, "Come now, let us reason together." Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be... What was God... God was making a compromise to come to us. When we couldn't go to him, Jesus bridged the gap between humanity and his divinity. Became like Mm -hmm. us, was made in the likeness of, of humankind. Became a servant, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's compromise. And so, you know, and the reason I say that is because so much of my, of my ministry was trying to not be a compromiser. You know, it was like, well, we don't do certain things because that would be compromise. Um, I, I, somebody posted recently, I can't remember, I think it was Hamblin, uh, <clears throat> posted a quote from another preacher that said something like, you know, win the lost at all, at all costs or win the lost at any cost. And I thought, well, do you really believe that? Because you won't even you won't even take off your your suit and tie to make someone yeah. who's unchurched feel more comfortable in church. So do you really believe win the lost at any cost? And that you know, and that whole hyper soul winning thing is another conversation. But um, you know, so it was honestly it was beyond the big issues, right? Like beyond the King James version, beyond contemporary music. I remember the very first time. Um, I downloaded a Casting Crowns album uh, because I was I was driving to Preacher Revival up in Iowa, and so I I wanted to have some new. So anyway, I downloaded a Casting Crowns. I think it was Thrive. I think it was that. I don't remember. But anyway, listened to it over and over and over, and wept on that drive. Just the depth, uh, the heart of the music, and you know. So I mean, it was little things like that. Just stuff coming undone for me, like all this stuff that I'd been made to be afraid of and you know this you don't wear a tie on the platform you're a compromiser if you don't i actually remember making statements as a pastor 15 years ago I, i'd say things to our church our, our little church ran about you know a high day 150 people in the middle of nowhere but you know i remember making statements like you know all i'd have to do for this church to grow is to take my suit and tie off start wearing a pair of khakis and a polo shirt you know and i'd make statements like that in a critical way <laughs> And then, and then, you know, years later, I start thinking, hey, dummy, you're making an issue, right? You're making an issue yeah. out of something that the Bible doesn't make an issue out of. And here was one thing, okay, like one of the final straws uh, was we were doing a remodeling project on our church. We had to expand the auditorium, and um, I hired a contractor, and then I was working with him doing the, the construction work. Anyway, <clears throat> spent a lot of time at our local lumberyard. Well, there was there was a, a gal that worked there at the lumberyard, and, and so all I got to know her is we're doing this this project. I'm running and buying material, and and uh, man, I was inviting her to church. I said, "Oh, you'd love it. You ought to come out." And it's only you know it's like 15 minutes from here. Anyhow, one Sunday, man, she she showed up to church, and the guy in our church, the contractor in our church that was that was you know GC in the the project. Um, he came in my office right before the service, and he goes, he goes, hey, he, he, and he named her name, and he said, um, 
she she came to church today. I was like, man, that's freaking awesome, you know. Oh, I didn't say freaking, but anyway, I said, oh, that's awesome. And uh, he goes, but but she came inside and saw all the women in really long dresses, saw the men in suits, and she's in blue jeans and a t-shirt, and felt so out of place that she's leaving. Like he, she was in the parking lot. So I run out there and and caught her. I was like, oh no, we're so glad you're here. We don't care what you're. Wearing. And I just, man, it, again, that was not like the moment, but it was just stuff like that that I'm I'm thinking, why. You know, why are we doing this and making issues out of mm. non-biblical issues? So, Matt, I had a conversation with a pastor uh, when, you know, when life was changing for me and, and the way I viewed the scripture was changing. Um, by the way, my view wasn't changing because I wanted to alter the scripture. The scripture was finally speaking to me and mm. I was studying it so that I would know the truth of the scripture. <clears throat> but I was talking to this guy and I just asked him the question. So if I came and spoke to your congregation and I wore jeans and a shirt, but I preached the gospel accurately, uh, you know, I preached, you know, the sinless perfection of Christ, his crucifixion, his resurrection, how would that be received? And this was his own words. He said, well, that would never happen. Why wouldn't that happen? He said, because if you stood up there dressed like that, our audience would never never respect you it wouldn't matter what you said I said so then if I came back and I preached that same exact message and I had on a nice suit how would that how would that go over and he said well you know then you would be received that 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 would be that would be better and hmm. and I just said to him didn't James the brother of Jesus say that we're not to prefer people on the basis of dress. And when you right. study wow. that passage in James, did he not go on to say that it was seductive, which means actually demonic. Mm. And it amazes me that the Bible is so clear with regard to those kind of things uh, and those kind of subjects. And yet somehow fundamentalism twists it. And in the end, if you're obedient to that scripture, you're the one who's called a compromiser. You're the mm. one who's, you know, told that you're in the wrong when in reality, if you oppose that and you live opposite of that, wouldn't you be the compromiser? Hmm. Right. Well, and the funny thing is, you know, they, they use terms like worldly, you know, that's worldly to dress that way. Well, number one, the word worldly is only found twice in the new Testament, the, the word itself. Okay. Twice in the new Testament. One time it's in a negative connotation, you know, talking about worldly lust. And I'm talking King James, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, in the King James version, worldly is found twice. First time's a negative connotation. Second time's Hebrews chapter nine, verse, verse number one, where it says, then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. <laughs> so it's talking about the, you know, the tabernacle of God, you know, the connection point mm. between, between God and humanity and God in, in the, king's english um in the authorized version praise god uh you know called the sanctuary worldly and so yeah man i just but but they, you know they say stuff like well that's worldly you know i mean i don't preach anything but blue jeans these days um but you know they would say well that's worldly and that's a compromise and all those things and i would agree it's a compromise no doubt it's not a compromise for me it's what i'm comfortable in but um but how is it not worldly to be wearing, you know, making such a big deal about the way you're dressed? Like they are so obsessed yeah. about dress and advertising their suits. And I don't care if you want to wear a suit, good on you. It's it's fine. It's not like I'm anti-suits, but 
at the same time, if 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 you're gonna say you do that because you know, bless God, I'm sticking to the old paths and this is more godly, it's like I mean, number one, I'm saving a whole lot of money on my attire these days. Number two, I'm not a politician yeah. or a businessman, so why do I need to be wearing a suit? You know what I'm saying? It's like that's anyway, in honesty, I could. There, it's kind of a reverse of of making you feel bad because when I was doing youth rallies and stuff in the IFB. I was spending more money going out to the suit man in Hickson, Tennessee and buying suits just to look good to go to a youth rally where there's 15 teenagers and the rest of it's adults. But, you know, we put this this weird spin on things to where, you know, some people coming in, being in, you know, jeans and a T-shirt would feel comfortable now. If my suit wasn't up to it, you know, if I didn't have mm. the nicest suit, you know, it was there was this weird feel. But you keep saying the word they, and I think a lot of times what we tend to do is we, we tend to think, and, and I know when we were coming out, like when I wasn't preaching out of the King James anymore and I was I was doing youth rallies in jeans and tucked in button-ups and not wearing a sports jacket over that with a pair of jeans, and I thought I was so liberal because I wore jeans with the suit coat and now, to, you know, just T-shirts and, and all that. But <laughs> it, it, there's there's just this something in the back of your mind and you've said it probably five times, six times there, they. They could almost be the brethren, the fraternity, this this underlying culture that you don't want to tick off or displease. There's a podcast that's out there that doesn't like us, but uh, there's a bunch of pastors sitting around a table drinking coffee. Oh, and gosh. if you watch their one-minute podcast or one-minute meditations or something, that's kind of yoga, very new age, guys trendy mm-hmm. but if you watch their one minute meditations um every one of them talk the same and my wife it ticks my wife off my wife did not grow up independent fundamental baptist and i'll sit there and watch it i love it but my wife will be like why do they all talk like that she goes is there something that you have to sign that you have to talk this way if you are independent fundamental baptist it's because they're putting on a character that's exactly right we yep. my wife and i went to um we go to New York City uh, on occasion, and uh, we went to a Broadway show, and I think we actually went to see Mary Poppins. And, you know, when you go You're to so see worldly. a Broadway... Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> when you go to see a Broadway musical... What is that rated? They actually sing a certain... I'm not acknowledging you. They actually sing a certain way, and everyone knows it's a Broadway-type performance. Yeah. Even when... Even when secular singers who who perform in a Broadway production, they start to sing completely differently than they yeah. would when they just normally sing. It's because they're putting on a character. Well, I yeah. know I do that when I'm PA announcing. I mean, I'll have my normal voice, but then when I'm PA announcing, that's good for a Georgia Southern first down. I mean, you change your voice. Nice. And so when I look Ooh. at them on this podcast, and when they're doing their one-minute meditation, it doesn't matter who they are. They sound exactly the same. And so, it, and then you get on Twitter and you see guys that are saying, "I'm independent. I'm independent. That I and independent fundamental Baptist means I'm by myself. I'm I'm out here by myself." Time out, Go. dude. Independent Baptists are anything but independent. You're right. <laughs> I'm telling you, and that's the thing. I've got a very independent spirit. I always have, and that was kind of one of the things that one of you know a handful of things that attracted me to the movement in the early days. Because I've I've just got kind of that independent. I don't want to be, you know, and it's probably a lot of rebellion, which that's another word I think oh, we should talk about. I hate but, that yeah. word. Um, well, yeah, 
they talk like they say it like any form of rebellion is evil. Right. You know, they take the rebellions of sin, which, well, come on, man. Jesus rebelled against the religion of his day. Yep. You know, rebellion's only evil. That's right. It, but but rebellion's only evil when you're rebelling against God. Yeah. I'm not, number one, sir, not you're God. not God. Yeah. And I don't have to succumb <laughs> and fall in line with all your stupid little isms and your fraternities. And, and they can say what they want to, bro. It's a freaking fraternity. You've got to fit a certain mold. And, 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 and look, you guys have acknowledged the fact that some camps are different. And I was having a converse, conversation with a guy last night through Facebook Messenger, and he was sharing with me some of his background. And he was, you know, he was part of some smaller camp meetings. And we found out that I, it, like, I knew a lot of the guys that his pastor would have in. And, you know, I told him, I said, I didn't really get hurt. He did, but I didn't really get hurt in those, like, those kind of smaller camp meeting you know, circles, but dude, it was like when you get around, it was like the bigger the name, the more, the more of a bully, the more demanding, you know, and then, and then you get into them and, and freaking everybody has to preach the same talking about that particular podcast. I mean, I would put, I would call that on the light end yeah. uh, of some of them because, you know, you get in some of these meetings and whoever like the big dog is, man, they all preach in a similar way and you've got to, I don't know, whatever. But I, again, independent Baptist or anything but independent. Yeah. Even that word compromiser, that's, that's used against people who step out of line in any way from the status quo of the IFB. Mm-hmm. They use that and they don't, listen, I don't want to compromise on the gospel. I don't want to nope. compromise on the message of Jesus Christ and who he is and the, the doctrines of the faith and, and the truth of the Bible, of God's word. And I'm not going to compromise those things, but that's not usually what they're talking about. Mm. They're talking about mm. your dress. They're talking about the music you listen to, what your wife wears, what your church sanctuary looks like, if you have a screen, all those different things. Another word they love to use, Matt, is fleshly. Yeah. They love right. to talk about fleshly, and this is the one that blows my mind because the Bible clearly defines what the works of the flesh are. In Galatians chapter 5, and I'm reading now the KJV, Galatians 5 verse 19 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. They're apparent. They're very clear. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Variants, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, which right. of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to talk about the fruit of the Spirit and contrast those things. Where in that list do you see women wearing pants? listening to contemporary Christian music, having colored lights in the sanctuary. And they want to talk about, oh, that, that caters to the flesh. Well, the Bible is very clear about the flesh. And, and what they're doing is they're saying that anything that you enjoy is evil. Well, that's, that's getting back to asceticism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right. if you want to talk about that, then why do you eat good food? I had somebody right. tell me one time, you know, if you, if you take one sip, then you're 1% drunk. Well, does that work with gluttony? If you take one <laughs> right. bite, are you 1% glutton? I mean, how, right. how do these things work? It's when we take the clear 
Bible guidelines and we twist them or add to them or downgrade them and, and create our own guidelines. I, I don't understand where they're talking about compromisers, where they're talking about fleshly, because the Bible is clear about the things we shouldn't compromise on. The Bible's clear about what the works of the flesh are. And I also really resonated with your story uh, about that girl from the lumberyard coming to your church, Matt. Uh, I invited a family when I was working as a youth pastor at Temple Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and also running Young America Ministries, which was a trailer park ministry. I'd been inviting this this family from the trailer park for months and months, and finally they showed up with all five of their kids, four of their kids, I believe, and the husband and the wife, and they showed up, and I was waiting at the door for them, and I saw them coming, so I opened the door up and stepped out in my three-piece suit and my tie and my shiny shoes, and this entire family, all the kids, the little ones and the teenagers, they just stopped where they were at and froze, and they looked me up and down. And they all had dirty jeans, you know, old old clothes on, which I didn't care. But everybody else that was coming in were in suits and dresses, and they stopped and looked me up and down. That's the smallest I have ever felt in my entire life. And I had a moment where I was like, Lord, I wish I, I had shorts and flip-flops and a T-shirt on. Right. And they they came in. I got them to come in, and they came to church. They stayed for the service, but they never came back. They said they felt so uncomfortable with the way everybody was dressed. And, man, I'm not against people dressing up to go to church if they want to, but that was a defining moment for me. Yep. Well, and where, do, where does that come from? So we know it doesn't come from the Bible. The Bible says nope. nothing about how you're supposed to dress going to church. So it's a philosophy, it's a mm -hmm. ministry philosophy. So, yeah. I mean, let's just be honest and call it what it is. So my philosophy is I want to do my best to, you know, and it's not seeker-friendly. And, of course, that's what they, well, you're being seeker-friendly and all this stuff. Uh, you're a feel-good church. Man, I got, there's a, there, there are two independent Baptist churches in the same town here where I pastor. And, I mean, they call us every name in the book. I could tell you some kind of funny stories. But, anyway, you know, one of the things that they say, well, that's a feel-good church. Well, what do you want us to be, a feel-bad church? <laughs> should, we, should, we, should we be a church that, I mean, here's the deal. You know, the truth stings, right? You're, we're going to preach the truth, and the truth, even spoken in love, can, is, is what ought to convict people. You know, I've heard preachers yeah. say, bless God, it's not my job to make you feel comfortable. It's my job to make you feel convicted. Well, time out. I thought that was the spirit of God's job. Yeah, I thought yeah. the Holy Spirit was the one sent into the world to convict. Mm. It's not my job to convict you. It's my job to speak the truth, to preach the yeah. truth, to, you know, to present the truth to you. Um, but it's not my job to make you feel bad when you come to church. You know, people comment here, you know, at our church all the time, visitors, you know, man, it's good to be able to laugh in church and, and feel, you know, like I can breathe and that people aren't looking over their shoulder at me and, you know, why, why is that an anomaly? Mm -hmm. I don't get it. I don't get why we've created this philosophical concept, this culture that, you know, you're walking in the house of God, you know, I preached a message here because trust me, when, when we started this church and this, it's an amazing, really miraculous story how this church started. I don't have time to share it because Papa's getting tired, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> we love, love you, you Dr. We Brian. love you, Dr. Edwards. Um, <laughs> Dr. B. <laughs> 
But uh, man, I made sure when we started this church that that I preached, you know, that I I taught on all this stuff. So I actually preached a message called um, "Is This the House of God or Am I the House of God?" Yeah. Mm. Because the Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's not, right. you know, and the gathering together of God's people is something sacred, but there's nothing sacred about the four walls of the building, you know? But yeah. we act like, well, bless God, if I was going to go to the house, of, you know, if you go to the house of God, you ought to wear your best. And okay, that's philosophy, you know? And, and you can have that mindset, but that doesn't mean it's biblical. So just call it what it is. And hmm. I don't see that being in church is frankly any different than being in public at the grocery store or you know starbucks or anywhere else yeah. trendies like to go and how freeing is it when you don't think about your dress when you get up to go to church like mm. i don't think about the standard that i have to meet to go into the house of god because that's the way everybody that's there is going to look i watch some of these videos like this dude that went off on us uh, about being recovering fundamentalist a couple weeks ago, and he's up there and he did his entire sermon about us recovering fundamentalists. Oh yeah. yeah, and every person sitting in his church looks exactly the same. They all had yeah. all the men had short haircuts. They all had suits on. All the ladies had long hair. They had dresses on. Like I looked at this picture, I paused it one moment. I was like, everybody looks the same. Nathan and I have been tagged where somebody will post four pictures say one's a rock concert oh, yeah. one's a gay bar one's a church service one is a, a a nightclub which which one's which and i'm like wait a second and then somebody posted back i think it was you nate that said one's one's a porn star one's a sports writer one's a pastor one's a news a, a politician which one's which you know just trying to prove mm. the point that you're dressed just like all these other guys but just because you're wearing the same apparel doesn't make you that yeah, some of the most wicked people in America are, are New York lawyers, and they, and they all dress wear suits. in the nicest suits in the in in the world. So, well, yeah. so here's their atom bomb argument, though, right? So they'll say, "Okay, guys, fine, but everybody has standards. So where does it stop? Are you just going to put it? What are you going to do next? Have a stripper pole on the platform? Right? You know, they'll say something stupid and outlandish. Well, you wouldn't go to the White House in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt, would you? Uh, Garth Brooks did. Yeah. Come on. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I would, too. That's that's the thing. If I were going to go meet the president, and, I mean, whatever. People say different than, you know, they could do it however they want to. But if I were going to go meet the I'd just wear what I freaking wear. You yeah. know? Which president? Biden or Greg Locke's president? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got real quiet on that, didn't he? Oh, man. He's still spouting off about it. Yeah, he is. Is he really? What in the world? Yeah, yeah, he is. Well, you know, Matt, I've come to realize something, and um, I want to kind of reflect back on last episode. Um, you know, last episode I talked about camp meeting culture, and you know, it came out it came out pretty bluntly. And I don't want to be known as this bitter guy and uh, this angry guy because I'm not. I was away from fundamentalism for years and years and years, and it's only because of the RFP that I've come back into this world at all. And sometimes, Matt, to be honest with you, it's so toxic that a lot of times, as much as I love IFB preacher clips, I don't watch the videos because it's not good for me. Yep. Uh, a lot of times people talk about listening to this sermon or this guy, and I don't do that because it's not good for me. And so... 
I'm not the guy who's who's bitter and angry. Here's the problem. I'm the guy who knows. I, I it, mm. the charade is not, it's not believable for me anymore. Mm, right. I was in that, and I know who I was, and I know too that, you know, it's the expectation that the Friday night of the meeting, that it's going to reach the stratosphere. That's the night it's going to get on, and you know when to sing what a day that will be. Yeah, you know yeah. when to have that lady come up and give her testimony. You know when to get up and scream your testimony about being redeemed and praise God, I'm not what I used to be, but I'm not what I'm going to be. And I mean, you know, you know all those talking points and you, you know the response that it gets. And so here's the other issue. I know so many of these guys behind the scenes. For example, uh, seeing a video of a well-known pastor evangelist knuckle bump an African-American man because at that point it's convenient. But the last time I heard him speak publicly from the pulpit, he used the N-word from the pulpit. Wow. You know, the problem is when you know, you know. But I just want to say to our audience, it's not easy when you hear guys make statements like, we have another savior. It's not it's not easy to hear people make statements, you know, that we don't even believe the gospel, that we don't even believe the scripture, that we're not even saved because here's the thing, there are a lot of guys in the independent baptist movement that I completely disagree with. I have no interest in hearing them preach whatsoever. If they were preaching in my front yard, I would turn my television up. I have no interest <laughs> in hearing them whatsoever. But I don't believe they're apostate. And I don't believe they have another savior. And I don't believe they believe another gospel. I believe we'll be in heaven together. Um, I don't agree with them. And so, but here's what I've had to come to realize. People don't care. You think about it. There's some of these guys. It's a known fact, Matt. And you know this. They're making so much money. And they live very (laughs) flamboyant lives. But guess what? People don't care. People know that a lot of what they're saying is not found in the scripture. People don't care. People don't mind that they preach against women wearing pants, but then their wives wear expensive dresses and tons of makeup and tons of jewelry. The people don't care. The people don't care that the guy one week sings I saw the light and tells women to keep their mouths shut and all this. And then the next week he's preaching on the same platform with one of the golden boys of the movement. People don't care. And in the same way, people keep sending money to Kenneth Copeland and they keep sending money to Benny Hinn and they keep sending it's because they don't care. I've had to come to the realization that a lot of people continue to follow those men and they continue to be a part of that movement because ultimately they don't care. If it scratches their traditional itch and they get to be emotional and they get to cry standing beside a mama on the seat while we sing mama's teaching angels how to sing, they don't care. The rest, the Bible doesn't really matter. Truth doesn't really matter. The fact that these guys preach against dress, uh, 
dressing in jeans and T-shirts and women in pants and whatever else. And then they go to the beach, and when nobody's looking, their wives wear bikinis. Nobody cares. They don't care. And so I'm not bitter and angry. Not at all. The only difference is I care. And when Mm. I call something out, it's not because I'm angry. It's because it's true. Yeah. And and these guys don't have to keep falsely accusing me. If they want to, I'll give them a list of real sins that are in my life that I wrestle <laughs> right. with on a daily basis, and they can get up and preach against all of them, and at oh, least yeah. then they'll be only gossiping. They'll they'll at least <laughs> won't be lying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of discussion about whether we should even address Dale Massengill in the sermon that, that he preached because there's really only two options. One is he either stood up in the house of God as the man of God behind the sacred desk and absolutely talked about something he knew nothing about. So he either ignorantly stood up and just assumed from our name that all those things were true, which is sinful. If he said all those things, even if he's ignorant, that's no excuse. Or number two, he flat out lied about us. Because if you've yep. listened to anything about us, you know we're a pastor. You know that we've clearly put out what we believe, that we believe in the deity of Jesus Christ, the virgin birth, the bodily, uh, his, his substitutionary atoning death, his, his bodily resurrection, that his blood is what saves us from our sins. And we've gone through the list. We believe all of the fundamentals and then some yeah, because right. the fundamentals were just kind of a summary of, you know, a a very baseline of essential doctrines. We believe so much more than that. We believe the Bible is God's word. So he either stood up and just absolutely lied about us. And, and when he, if anyone corrects him and he finds out he's wrong, is he going to come back and apologize saying we believe in another spirit? Well, I believe in the Holy spirit that the, that the King James Bible talks about. I believe in the Jesus that the King James Bible talks about. I believe in God, the father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, we affirm all of that. So when he says we, we believe a different spirit, different scripture, different Savior, I mean, come on, man, are you lying or are you just dishonest and, and you're speaking false prophecies from the pulpit? Yeah, well, so I talk about being triggered, Brian. I, I listened to that whole sermon. and um, Sorry. Yeah, thanks, J.C., but, you know, he said right at the beginning of it, he said he's listened to about five or ten minutes of the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Then so he's then, not but, qualified to speak into yeah, it. Yeah, and then he gets up for, what, an hour or 45 minutes and speaks Two sermons. Authority. And oh, addresses it, really? it that night, too. Two sermons. Yeah. No. He, he preaches on it Sunday night. Yeah, so he's going to speak authoritatively on something he's researched for five to ten minutes, but he's got it all figured out. And it's like, dude, they freaking, like, I could feel... Like I, I could project myself as a man in that room, knowing that culture, thinking, "Oh, I better say Amen here, and I better shout him exactly. on, or I'm gonna be, or this guy's gonna be cutting his eyes at me and think I'm a liberal because I'm not agreeing with the pastor." It's like they have developed this, this. There, there's so much fear mongering, and mm. and and papal, you know, just this authority over the church, and it's insane, dude. It's insane. Hey, what do you said call somebody? Of, what do you call somebody who says something that's not true? A liar. Well, I could call him a lot of things, yeah. 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 False you prophet, when liar. you say something that's not true, you're a liar. Straight and up. Jesus said you're of your father the devil when you speak lies, especially in the pulpit. 
willingly. Now, I'm not saying Del Messengill's not saved. Everything in that sermon he said, because he went off on the fundamentals and preached Mm -hmm. the fundamentals, and then he would come back to why we don't believe those things, which, by the way, we We believe all of them. So everything he said, I could say amen to, except for the lies where he said we don't believe those things, and we don't believe the Bible, and we don't believe in Jesus. Well, you know, I had to reach the point that I realized for some for some of those guys truth is inconvenient. Yeah. For example, yeah. it's really inconvenient that Jesus turned the water into wine. It's just yeah. really inconvenient. It's inconvenient with regard to what Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes with regard to that subject. It's inconvenient. It's mm-hmm. inconvenient uh, that there's not a verse in the Bible that affirms the King James Bible as right. the inspired preserved word of God. And so when, when truth is convenient, what they do is they create their own truth and you have to realize Mm. they're so drunk on their own authority and they're so drunk on the title man of God. It doesn't Mm. have to be true to be true. It's true by virtue of the fact they said it. And if they said Mm. it, that qualifies it as truth. And therefore Mm. they can lie and declare it to be the truth. And let's just set the record straight. We did not start the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast to get people to leave the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church. No. We got we get tweets every day. We get messages every day. I wish y'all wouldn't call out the Independent Fundamental Baptist. You're having people question what we're doing here. Well, thank God. That's why we started hey, this, for them man. to investigate truth. And I, I, <laughs> right. Brian, you just said something I don't think a lot of people realize. We, we were out of this world. Like, we didn't have to do anything with the independent fundamental Baptist world. But a year and a half ago, we decided, hey, let's jump back in and start presenting truth. We knew it was going to kick a hornet's nest. And we knew that starting this was was going to label us. It was going to get the brethren, the fraternity. Like, we're never, ever going to have any opportunity to preach again in a camp meeting or any ideas of coming back in and preaching at a youth rally or doing mm-hmm. something in the independent fundamental Baptist world. We knew there was going to be family and friends that were going to shun us. We knew that we were going to be blackballed and labeled and, and started being called all this stuff. We knew that was going to happen, but truth never fears a challenge. And if we're honest, that's why we started the podcast was to say, Hey, Here's a direction that this is going that we've seen. Brian, you just said it. We've lived in it. We want you to investigate why you believe that. Well, you know, JC, it's been really painful. People don't realize this. You know, people talk about IFB preacher clips as if he is Satan himself when he uses their own words in context. And, And yet there are people who have used his account as an excuse to create uh, Annan accounts. And I just want everybody to know it was offensive when my wife received a message from an Annan account using the F word and other language to my wife as an attack on me for what I say on the RFP. It's unbelievable. And and so, you know, the, the, the thing is, Hey, I can disagree with someone on the basis of content. I'm not messaging their wives. I don't have yeah. a I don't have an an account. Everything I've said, I've said under my real name. Everything I've said, I've said publicly. And we have disagreements on content. 
I don't hate these men as men, and and I don't believe they're on their way to hell. And right. and I'm that's not that's not the message that I'm I'm communicating. But guys, we have been so viciously attacked and lied on in a way that I never imagined would ever be the case. But let's be honest. We're not going anywhere. We're not nope. backing down. We're not quitting. We're not tucking nope. our tails and running. We're not scared. We haven't lost one minute of sleep due to the fact you don't like us. We have because we took pre-workout at 930, but not because you don't <laughs> like us. It, 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 it sucks sometimes to learn about yourself from reviews, but we're not going nowhere. Like We're just going to yeah. continue to do what we feel God has called us to do. And like Craig Edwards said this week on the RFP fam, this is a ministry. And we feel just as called to this as we do the pastoring of the churches that we're that we're at. And so we ain't backing down, boys. We pressing nope. forward. We ain't guys, changing. I would say this. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> we, ain't <laughs> we ain't changing. We ain't changing. <laughs> Take that, McWordy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. And I'll say this, guys. We do have our haters. We've got plenty of them. We've got bushel loads out there. But. And uh, we've even we've even got buckets of water full of them, and we can dip down in it with our little dipper. And we've got so many haters. Pour it on but from, for every for every hater, we've got hundreds of family. RFP, RFP fam, fam is strong, and and we have people that love us who email us every single day, message us every single day, telling us their lives have been changed and they're Praise reading God. their Bible again. They're Come going on. to church again. They've gotten saved, that God's changing their heart. He's taking the bitterness away. So, hey, guys, keep on hating, man, or yep. get your heart right with the Lord and just thank him that someone is ministering to these people that you and your crowd have destroyed. And to yeah. you who's listening that don't like us, keep talking about us because – we love living rent-free in your brains because people are looking up the RFP because you're talking about it, so don't stop, please. Yeah. Man. You know, one of the things that I <clears throat> I see posted on Twitter a lot is like, you know, well, if you guys are so loving, or I don't know how they say it, but basically, why are you coming after the IFB? Well, it's the same reason Jesus went after the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. yeah. They were the ones making the issues. Yep. They were the ones asking the stupid questions. They were the ones, you know, griping that Jesus healed a man on the on the Sabbath day. It's the exact same reason. It's like, you know, judge not that you be not judged, for with what measure you meet, it will be measured to you again. In other words, where you draw mm. the line, Hoss, it's going to be measured back to you. So the more judgmental you are, the more judgment's going to come your way. You asked for it, you know. That's why I just try to sow as much grace as possible because I need grace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, but that's you know that's one of the things that they say all the time you know well you, oh you guys are so loving but you're attacking you know well the thing is we're not attacking your theology I'm not attacking their theology if you preach salvation by grace alone through faith in yeah. Christ alone Jesus Christ is God in the flesh the Bible is the word of God by the way I posted on Twitter it's been a long time ago but um, I said something to the effect of you know to all my KJV as your last guest would say brothers out there. <laughs> um, you know, I appreciate your passion for the Word of God, but but yep. let's spend more time on the content than we do the cover. Yep. You know, let's mm. stop let's stop spending so much time talking about aversion. Okay, here's another thing. So you just had like the rock star of you know he's he's way beyond my intellectual level when it comes to textual criticism. Okay, you had that guy on. Let me say something from my redneck logic 
perspective Come on. On, on Bible versions. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four versions of the same life story. Yep. You can read things, you can read the same story in Matthew, Mark, Luke, the synoptic gospel. You can read the same story worded where Matthew omits something that Luke said. Mark leaves out whole segments. You know, Mark's like the Cliff Notes version of the, mm-hmm. you know, he's like the paraphrase version of the four gospels. You'll find places where Jesus quotes Old Testament prophets, quotes Isaiah. Check it. He doesn't quote them yep. word perfect to what the Old Testament says. Mm-hmm. So so get away from me with this crap of, well, bless God, it's every word, and it's come on, man. You know, yeah, yeah. God himself, when he gave us the Gospels, gave us four different versions of the life of Jesus Christ. And mm. there are things said in one that are not said in the other. I don't know. Anyway, that's just, that's just, a, that's redneck logic 101. Well, and Matt, that's good. That's good Matt, preaching. I want to follow that up and say this. To every independent Baptist preacher out there, please listen to the words that are getting ready to come out of my mouth. There's no pastor that disgusts me more than me. There's no pastor whose sin frustrates me more than my own. Yeah. There's no pastor yeah. I know who needs to study God's word more, not only to know the truth of God's word, but to know how to yield more to the word of God and quit living in the power of my flesh than me there's no preacher whose preaching annoys me more than my own um if if there's anybody (laughs) out there thank you jc (laughs) if there's anybody out there who believes that i think i'm some kind of authority Mm. and i have every right to to be condescending or to look down on someone else I just want to tell you this. Every single morning I wake up and I look at an idiot in the mirror and I just pray that that idiot won't win the day and that I'll yield to the Holy Spirit of God Amen. and he will have his yeah. will in his way for the day. Amen. Yeah. Why do you have Man, JC's picture good. on your mirror? <laughs> I well, love it you, was Matt. fun having Matt Dudley on the podcast. Yeah. He's done after this week. That being said... <laughs> Oh, man. Well, guys, this has been a good episode, and I think we can scratch off one of our top four that we were the untouchables we were getting ready to talk about. We talked about dress a lot tonight, so we could just take that one off the off the docket of things to do, right? <laughs> yes. I think there might be a little bit more we can dig into on that. Yeah, I got a couple stories we've, I want to go into. But we've, that's a, we've had some people asking us for that one. Let's keep that one on the docket. All right, it's a preview of what's coming. There you go. We'll just go with that. Matt Dudley, it has been an honor to have you on the podcast these last two and that fake episode uh, where you just preached. Man, it's been (laughs) awesome to have you on here the last three weeks. You are a brother. uh, You're a friend. You are a recovering fundamentalist. And, man, you're good people. And I want to tell you, Matt, thank you for that sermon. Yeah. There were a lot of sermons that you preached. I listened to multiple sermons. So many different sermons you preached that we could have played that would have ministered to our audience. I chose to play that one because you are one of us. You're a recovering fundamentalist. Yeah. You're, you're a guy who believes the fundamentals, but you've walked away from the traditions of man to embrace Scripture. And you preached a dynamite, I'm talking awesome sermon about the fundamental truths of the gospel the death the burial the resurrection of jesus christ and you know what mr dale massingill 
Take a listen to that episode Come on. with a recovering fundamentalist preaching. Matt Dudley absolutely preaches the gospel with passion. And the song that they sang at the end of that episode, man, dude, I wanted to get saved all over again. It was incredible. Uh, I loved it. So thank you for preaching the gospel and not caring what people have to say about you. One day we're going to stand before the judge, and we all care what he has to say about us. Amen. But uh, I want to honor him and the gospel, and I believe you did that. So thank you so much, Matt, for being with us and for the fake episode where you preached the sermon. Uh, I think Seth needs to get his heart right with Jesus for making that comment. <laughs> oh, that hurt. That hurt a little bit, man. Oh, it just stung. Oh, man. But, you know, here's the deal. Yeah, It would have been in many ways, right? It would have been in, it would have been in many ways more advantageous for each of us to stay in the IFB. Oh, I know boy. for I know wow. for me it was not a good business decision. You're right. Yeah, Financially, I you know I made good money as a pastor of an independent Baptist church. I I preached out a lot as a yeah. pastor. You know, got paid for revivals and camp meetings and conferences. Shoot. You know, it True. wasn't a smart business decision to walk away. And I mm -hmm. didn't walk away because I got railroaded and run out. I I just couldn't do it anymore. And yeah. so I'm thankful that, you know, when I, when I stumbled, I don't know how I came, found the RFP, but when I stumbled on the RFP, man, I thought, man, these guys, number one, I wish you would have been around six, seven, eight years ago. Um, and then number two, it was so refreshing. Brian, kind of like you said, you guys had been away from it. I'd been so far removed from it for so long that a lot of stuff did trigger me. But but on mm. the same token, it was like it was. It's just refreshing because look, you know, you can't. People at the Southern Baptist Convention can't understand what we've gone through. True. Yep. Because they haven't gone through it, which right. that, I felt like a fish out of water getting around SBC guys. I was like, eh, "Where'd you go, Southern or Midwestern?" I was like, "I went to, you know, I named the Independent Baptist College I went to, and they're like, oh, okay, I've never heard of that.' <laughs> what what are those? you for? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody has. But uh, anyway, man, so I'm thankful for you guys. I don't fanboy on you at all. Thank you, you know, although you have signed my ESV, thank you for that. <laughs> um, we you know, fanboy on you all the time. Dude, I don't get enamored with personalities anymore. Those days are behind me, but I, I love you guys like brothers, and I'm I'm so thankful. And this is a ministry. Uh, by the way, the response I've gotten just in the past week from people that listened, of course, you know, the last week, it wasn't even a podcast, but <laughs> the, the week before Ethan. when um, – when you guys asked me to share, by the way, that was off the cuff. You guys asked me to share my story. I didn't know I was going to be sharing it in in, in its entirety. So yeah. Um, anyway, but just that, it was perfect. Yeah. So I. Sh by the way, anybody that wants to hear more details, I shared that whole story at our church back in August of last year, and it's on Facebook and YouTube. It's called "This Is My Story Part Two. Part One is about how I got saved. Anyhow, thanks, guys. Awesome. That's hey, all Dudley. I wanted to say. Yeah. Just for clarity, it, it, it hasn't happened yet, but it's coming. I sent your story to Danny Goki, and I was going to have him shoot a video. He's, he's listened to your story, that like how his song impacted your life. And, uh, man, he's, he listened to it. I know that much. And so there's a video we were hoping to get on by this podcast, but, you know, big time Danny Goki didn't have time for the RFP. <laughs> uh, but we, know, we sent him your story, and uh, – Man, I want to thank Ted Goki at J103 for, for helping us out there. 
Hey, and by the way, just before we wrap this up, Matt, I want to get one thing straight. It is so sinful for you to call me Papa. I don't even know where that comes from. I don't even have any grandkids. Like, you're calling me Papa, and I'm not even to the age. You're I have my grandkids. adopted grandfather. That's okay. It's okay, bro. How, how old are you, Matt? I'm not saying. <laughs> how, how old I'm are you? 41. Seriously. I'm 41. You're only 10 years older than I'm I am. I'm only 10 it, years it, older than you. So It feels like you're so much older. You're an old soul, Brian. Well, I can't help I'm wiser. I can't do wisdom. anything about the fact that God has given me an extreme amount of wisdom in comparison oh, to you, but that has nothing to do with my age. Hey, when you die, wisdom's <laughs> going to die right along with you. <laughs> Matt, it has been awesome to have you on the podcast. About as much fun as sitting in a tattoo parlor with you in Las Vegas, Nevada. What? That was fun. We won't say, share those stories on the podcast. We'll save that for a whole other day. That's another right. That's another episode, guys, we need to talk about. Tattoos. Tattoos. Oh, man, we need to get in on that one. one right there. I'm. Hey, Brian. Get them. Brian. Sir. Will you get an RFP tattoo? We should get an RFP logo, Sig- like insignia that looks like a you know like a cattle brand yeah like yep. in greek or something yeah i'm there let's create our own fraternity and have our own signal Dude. Uh, our own symbol the rfp Dude. symbol somebody out there is artistic and can come up with a really cool tattoo yeah i'd do it yep and it's good to it's good that we're saying stuff like this to give you know the haters some some fuel for their fire right this is a big old can of gas to pour on the fire baby let's do it thanks for being here with us on the recovering fundamentalist podcast we want to thank free life soap for being a sponsor we got some good soap coming our way it's the coastal it's the summer smell i'm excited to get my box this week go to recoveringfundamentalist.org click on the free life soap tab use your promo code rfp Get 20% off of your order. While you're at the recoveringfundamentalist.org, go ahead and click on one of the meetup tabs. Come and hang out with us June 4th in Statesboro, Georgia, August 26th, 27th, and 28th up in Bourbon, Missouri with Matt Dudley. Man, we're going to have a good time. We want to meet you. Uh, We are a fam. The RFP fam is strong. If you're on Facebook, go ahead and go over to the RFP fam community. It is a private group page. You'll have to answer some questions to get in there. But let's be honest, Bill Reeves, Tommy, Steve, they're all in in. They're all in there. I love how people say goodnight, Bill, every night. It cracks me up. (laughs) I absolutely love it. But, uh, guys, I love you. It's been an awesome year and a half. I love it. You guys are awesome. Have a great week. Love you guys. Hey, be sweet. (laughs) I don't know what to say now. (laughs) Peace. We're out of here. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your T-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. <laughs>